Good to see all of you here. I don't know if you knew it. I just got back from Alaska yesterday. Was up there for uh, 10 days fishing. Came home with 100 pounds of sockeye salmon fillets. And so uh, I gave my wife strict instructions. Do not give away my fish. She's notorious about saying, oh, yeah, you can have some of my fish. Uh, so I love you all. But you're not getting any of my fish. <laughs> uh, I guess that's the test of real love. So I had a great time. Good to be home. Good to see you all here this morning. Uh, one of the uh, theological questions that comes up periodically is, am I going to go through the tribulation or not? Now, I have a particular view, and others have a different view, and, and I sometimes say to people, well, this is what I think, but we'll find out for sure here probably not too far in the future. And so I'm thinking, no, we won't, but I do think that we'll see the front edge of it. Uh, we'll start experiencing some of the uh, beginning birth pangs, as it were, or we might even go through it, I don't know. But I thought I'd read some of the, uh, a few little verses that describe the tribulation, what it's like. And, uh, and so if you think we're going to go through it, this is not going to make your day, probably. So... Uh, Revelation 6.4, a red horse went out, and to him who sat on it was granted to take peace from the earth that men would slay one another. And then moving to verse 8, I looked and behold an ashen horse, and he who sat on it had the name Death, and Hades was following with him. Authority was given to them over a fourth of the earth to kill with a sword, with famine, and with pestilence. Pestilence, that's sort of like COVID stuff. And, uh, and by the wild beast of the earth, now moving on a couple of verses, I looked when he broke the sixth seal, there was a great earthquake. The sun became black as sackcloth made of hair, and the whole moon became like blood. The, star of the, the stars of the sky fell to the earth as a fig tree cast its unripe figs when shaken by a great wind. The sky was split apart like a scroll when it is rolled up, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. The kings of the earth and the great men and the commanders and the rich and the strong and every slave and free man hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. They said to the mountains and to the rocks, Fall on us, hide us from the presence of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come and who is able to stand. Interesting, during the tribulation period, there will be a point where heaven is opened, as it were, and everybody will be able to see Jesus on his throne on the earth. They will know this isn't a man-caused global warming. It's God-caused. They will know that without a doubt, and they will cry out, Hide us from the presence of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb, for the great day of their wrath has come. Uh, they will know that without a doubt. Moving on to chapter 8, The first angel sounded, there came hail and fire mixed with blood. They were thrown to the earth. A third of the earth was burned up. A third of the, of the trees were burned up, and all the green grass was burned up. second angel sounded, something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea, third of the sea became blood, third of the creatures which were in the sea and had life died, a third of the ships were destroyed. Another angel sounded, a great star fell, fell from heaven, burning like a torch. It fell on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. Uh, the name of the star is called Wormwood, and a third of the waters became Wormwood, and many men died from the waters because they were made uh, poison. Fourth angel sounded, a third of the sun and a third of the moon and a third of the stars were struck so that a third of them would be darkened and the day would not shine for a third of it and the night in the same way. 
fifth angel sounded. A star from heaven which had fallen to the earth, the key to the bottomless pit was given to him. He opened the bottomless pit and smoke went up like out of the pit like smoke of a great furnace. The sun and the air was darkened by the smoke from the pit. Then out of the smoke came locusts upon the earth and power was given them as scorpions of the earth have power. They were told not to hurt the grass nor any green thing nor any tree but only the men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. They were not permitted to kill anyone but to torment and to torture for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it stings a man. In those days men will seek death and they will not, and they will not find it. They will long to die and death flees from them. Then I, uh, chapter 16, I heard a loud voice from the temple saying to the seventh angel, go and pour out on the earth the seven bowls of the wrath of God. First angel poured out his bowl. It became a loathsome and malignant sore on the people who had the mark of the beast. Second angel poured out his bowl and the sea became like blood and every living thing in the sea died. The third angel poured out his bowl on the rivers and the springs of water that became blood. <clears throat> Fourth angel poured out his bowl upon the sun. It was given to it to scorch men with fire. Men were scorched with fierce heat. They blasphemed the name of God who has the power over these plagues. They did not repent so as to give him glory. Then the fifth angel poured out his bowl on the throne of the beast. His kingdom became darkened. They gnawed their tongues because of pain. They blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores. They did not repent of their deeds. So, that's a lot of bad days. Uh, things not going so well. And again, I'm of the opinion that we're going to be raptured before all of that starts, but uh, even if we are, we're going to be in the front end of that, and so we're going to see things. And the basic principle is easy, it's simple. Things are going to get worse and worse and worse. That's just the way it is. And so we can pray that the virus goes away. Well, something else will replace it. We can pray that things get better. They won't. That's just the way it is. God is in charge and things are going to get worse until Jesus Christ comes. And so the question is, uh, how am I going to act during these times when things get worse and worse and worse? So let me suggest uh, some basic uh, principles, commitments. The first one is, uh, don't act like a wimp. Uh, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. I'm going to heaven. I have His Holy Spirit in me. I have His protection, His guidance, and I don't need to be afraid. I can live life uh, with confidence, with boldness, with courage. I can uh, act like a strong person because I am in Christ. And so I ought not to be living in fear. And so a key thing is don't be afraid to die. Uh, for us, death is a good thing. Paul says this, For to me, to live is Christ, to die is gain. If I am to live on of the flesh, that means I get to do more for Christ, more fruitful labor. And he said, I don't know what to choose. I'm hard-pressed from both directions, having the desire to depart and be with Christ, but that is very much better. To depart and be with Christ, oh wow, that's graduation. New body in heaven, in his presence. So why in the world are we afraid to die? And so think about it and don't be afraid to die. Reading the other day, Greg Popovich is the um, NBA coach for the... And uh, he's always known for his sort of cantankerous, tough guy spirit. And the other day he said, 
I'm afraid to die. I'm afraid to die. And I thought, he's not Mr. Tough Guy anymore. And the reason he's afraid to die because he doesn't know what's going to happen at that point. He has no hope. He has no faith. And so he's afraid to die. I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. I've trusted him as my Savior. And when I die, I'm going to go into his presence and get a glorified body. For me to die is gain. And so I don't need to be afraid of dying. So during these times, uh, we're not invincible, obviously, from the world, but we just need to live a wise, balanced life. If I were to tell you, I dug a hole in my backyard, a big hole, and I kind of encased it all in, and I have been buying stuff. I got enough food for a year, and I got a ventilator system that sorts out and filters anything that would come into there, and I'm going to go lock myself in that thing and uh, I have my iPad, I can read my Bible and pray, and God and I will have a good time, and I'll see you in a year. And uh, you would think, that's a bit extreme. You're right. So let's just back up from that. How far are we going to back? Uh, and so, we want to live our life with wisdom, and uh, with good counsel, but we're not going to be afraid. We're not going to act like people who are constantly uh, looking at the person that's next to us as if they're going to give us something and it's going to kill us. I'm going to live life with strength, with power, with freedom, and I'm going to trust the Lord Jesus, but in the midst of that, I'll be wise. And uh, I'm going to do what I think is best according to the insight, the wisdom, the knowledge that I've gained. If you choose to do a little different, if you dig a hole and live in it for the next year, I'll say, bless you, brother. Have a great time. You can invite me for dinner if you wanted, but probably won't. So whatever you do, that's great with me. But I'm going to live my life as a believer with confidence and with security and with courage because I'm a follower of Jesus. Second principle is in the midst of all of the confidence that we have is be nice. Be polite. Don't be arrogant. Don't flaunt your strength with those who may not have the same confidence or faith or strength. You know, I'm 72 years old almost, and uh, one of the things I hate is for people to treat me like an old man. Walk up, oh, hey, let me carry that for you. Get out of here, I'll carry it myself. Uh, you know, we were loading fish, and Dr. Dave and Kevin, us there with me, and they're young guys, you know, strong. And they're saying, hey, no, let me carry it, but I'll lift it. Get out of here, I'll carry my own fish. I, I say it politely. So the point is, don't talk down to people and and uh, be uh, just be gracious. And if you are around me, don't treat me like an old man. I might be, but I don't want to be treated like one. Third thing is, be wise, get information, don't be stupid. 
First Chronicles 12.32, the sons of Issachar, this is during the time of David, sons of Issachar, men who understood the times, men who understood the times with knowledge, with knowledge of what Israel should do. Their chiefs were 200 and all their kinsmen were at their command of Zebulun. There were 50,000 who went out in the army who could draw up in battle formation with all kinds of weapons of war and help David with an undivided heart. Uh, these guys were warriors, and one of the things that they, it says about them, they understood the times. They understood what Israel should do and how they should live in light of the circumstances that they were in. So we want to be like the sons of Issachar, people who understand the times, know what's going on, and are smart and live smart. And so uh, this next point I want to give to you with caution, but it's a major point in the Bible. And that is, as times get more difficult, our government will become our enemy. Our government will become our enemy. That's the way it always has been, and that's the way it's prophesied that it will be. It was the Roman government that martyred hundreds and thousands of Christians when the church started. It was the Roman government that beheaded Paul. It was the, it's the Roman government in Vietnam and China and in Middle East countries that persecute Christians. Our government has not been like many others, but it will become that way. It's prophesied, it always happens, and it will become more and more increasingly um, that way. You know, it's coming home from fishing, I kind of avoided the news, had a great time flying on the airplane, landing in Portland, and reading and seeing about all the riots and stuff that are happening in Portland and all the things that are taking place, and, I, and that's happening with our Oregon government's blessing, as it were. Uh, permission, as it were. They think, how stupid is that? But that's what happens with government, and it's happening across our country. The sons of Issachar understand the times, live in accordance to the times. Uh, Isaiah 5.20 says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. So one of the principles in the Bible is that the devil and demons uh, live in government rulers. Satan is called in the book of Ezekiel the king of Tyre. That was a country and there was a king. He says, Son of men, take a lamentation over the king of Tyre. Thus says the Lord God, you had the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the ruby, the topaz, the diamond, the biral, the onyx, the jasper. Uh, all of those were in you. The day you created, you were prepared. You were the anointed cherub who covers, and I placed you there. You were, the, you were on the holy mountain of God. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created until unrighteousness was found in you talking about the fall of the devil, and he's given the title the king of Tyre. Why? Well, because during the time of Ezekiel, the king of Tyre was inhabited by the devil. He ruled through him, through a person. Uh, in Daniel 10, a demon is called the prince of the kingdom of Persia. In Revelations 13, and he, the Antichrist, who will be a ruler of the world, he causes all, the small, the great, the rich, the poor, the free men, the slaves, to be given a mark on their right hand, on their forehead. He provides that no one will be able to buy or to sell except the one who has the mark, either the name of the beast or the number of his name. This is a ruler of the world who says, this is a requirement. You have a mark 
or you can't buy, you can't sell. And then God says this, if anyone worships the beast, this is the Antichrist, this ruler of the world, and his image and, and receives a mark on his forehead or on his hand, he will drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is mixed in full strength in the cup of his anger, and he will be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. The smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever. They have no rest day and night. Those who worship the beast, his image, and whoever receives the mark of his name. So that's not going to be a particularly good thing. And we're headed in that direction rapidly. And so the principle is key. Be smart. Pay attention to what's going on. Uh, don't believe everything you read. And know that the devil is active. And he is actively pursuing to control the world, make it a one-world government that he controls every person on the planet Earth. And in the midst of all of that, we live as believers in Jesus Christ, uh, glorifying him with the way we live, attracting people to faith in Christ as much as we possibly can, uh, being courageous, brave, unintimidated, but gracious and kind and... Uh, enjoyable to be with and around, attractive because of our joy and our peace, attractive because of our graciousness and our kindness, and doing as much for Jesus Christ in the time that we have left as is possible. Those getting baptized today are saying, Jesus, you're a Lord of my life. And so every morning I get up and say, Jesus, you're a Lord of my life. I don't know what today holds, what tomorrow holds, but I want to glorify you and the way I live, the way I talk, and to attract as many people to faith in you as I possibly can. And I understand times are going to get worse and worse, but that doesn't matter for those who are followers of Jesus because you lead us, you guide us, you grant us strength. And whether I die at 100 or whether I die tomorrow, it doesn't really matter. For me, to live is Christ, to die is gain. To live means fruitful labor. To die means to go into the presence of Christ and get a glorified body. So I'll live with courage and confidence. I'll live with purpose and strength. I'll live in total dependence on Him. I'll live with wisdom and in grace and kindness. I'll be a bright light that attracts people to Jesus. That's something we choose. That's something we choose. So the command of Paul to Timothy was, Be strong. And then the next line, Suffer hardship with me as the servant of Jesus Christ. And uh, so that's the life of a believer. And so I'm anticipating some great days of fishing, catching fish, and of catching people and, and sharing Jesus Christ with them. And I don't know what's going to happen, but I know that Jesus does, and he's in control, and uh, he is not wringing his hands. He is in total control. Nothing happens outside his perfect plan and will for my life and for ours together. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for the faith that we have in you. The fact that we're going to live with you in heaven forever is a given because of what you have done for us. And we live here on this earth that doesn't know you, that doesn't like you, that hates you. And the devil is having a heyday controlling of as much of culture as is possible and more and more good will become evil, and evil will become good. Everything is turned upside down. But in the midst of that, we live with purpose. We live with wisdom. We live with strength and joy and peace. 
And Lord, use us for your glory. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.